Thank you for tuning back into another episode of the Walk On Pod. Uh, we're back with another special guest this week. Uh, he is owner of Mac Performance PT, recently opened in Folsom, and uh, he's a close friend of Jerry's. And we're going to get into that a little later. But Dan McLean is with us today. Dan, how's it going, man? Good, man. Going really good. I'm excited to be on here with you guys. Uh, it's getting close to my bedtime, but you know, I'm I'm making a special exception for tonight. You know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. This is 707 boys. Shout out we get, up, we get up at about 4 a.m. over here, you know, so uh, I got to get my my seven hours of sleep, you know. Is that because you're in you're in you're in the shop at five or what? Yeah, I get in. I usually get in around five and I work out. I get about an hour workout in and shower up and do some administrative stuff around 630 and start seeing some patients around 730. Uh, and go till the evenings, you know. So man, I thought I get up early. It was never like that, man. I, I was never, I never used to get up super early. Um, I would work out kind of at night and stuff. But I think going into grad school uh, and the study hours that are required for that just got me on a whole new, new sleep schedule and everything. I just kind of kept that going. So um, makes sense. Yeah. And for, for, you know, for all the listeners out there, so Dan is a, was a really, 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 really good basketball player and then decided to, once he got done playing, decided to take his talents, get into physical therapy. He just opened his own physical therapy spot, Mac Performance, up in Folsom, California. Um, he was the, I guess, I don't know your exact title at results, Dan, but he was the head honcho out there making stuff go and results is super successful um, PT sports PT spot here in SAC has multiple locations. And now you're out on your own. How, how's that going? It's going good, man. It was a kind of a, a leap of faith. You know, I started with the company uh, back in 2011, actually results that is, and um, you know, did some really good things there. I uh, became a, a co-owner of the facility, uh, the whole company actually about five years ago. Um, and then, you know, it was just time, I think a natural evolution for everyone. We're always trying to evolve. We're always trying to do more and do different things. And, um, you know, talking with my wife and everything, we thought it was a perfect time to kind of step out, branch out, do some other stuff and, uh, get into some other interests that we have. And, uh, you know, it allows me to do some things like this, getting on the, the podcast with you guys and talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. So, I'm super excited, man, and, and the sky's the limit. Um, I truly believe that, and I think as long as as you got that drive and you got that will, you can make anything happen. So we're over here making it happen. That's right. I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, gritty, gritty guard, Tom. Tom, you would have <laughs> loved playing with Dan. Like the that. grit. The grit was nuts. I like hey, that, man. That's all I got. I wasn't very talented, so you gotta have something. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you nah, he had a dribble the ball, you can't shoot the ball. Nah. You got to do something, right? So come on, clips. The the clip was there. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not ignore that. Play the I miss, it, man. I miss, I miss yeah. the grind of of hoop. I think uh, like playing and everything. I came into basketball a little bit later in life. I was I started playing more in junior high and actually got cut from the junior high squad over in Vacapena. I moved to Vacaville from the Bay Area. And I uh, was more of a soccer player and played basketball for fun. But uh, then I tried to get into first organized ball, like in my eighth grade year and didn't make the squad. And then uh, went into high school and made JV as a freshman, which was kind of weird because how do you not get eighth grade year and the ninth grade year you make JV. And we have, we have some pretty good ball players too. 
Uh, our varsity program was really good my freshman year. Um, they went pretty deep in the playoffs, but anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, I think <laughs> I think just that that uh, I love I love grinding. I love practice and, and training almost more than game day. Kind of weird that way, but I just love being with the guys. I love you know practicing, honing your craft, getting better. Um, that was something that I really enjoyed, and that's where you know all the practice time and all the hours in there and the gym hours after practice was over. Um, I enjoyed all that stuff. I miss it still to this day. You know, same. There's nothing quite like practice. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy. I, again, I, I kind of enjoyed it more than more than the games. You get to do different stuff in practices, not just five on five, three on three, defensive drills, shooting drills, just competition, like constantly. You know, so I, lo I love that. Speaking of that, so for the people that don't know, Dan played for the great John Nagel. <laughs> John Nagel, who I also played for is the father of our last guest, right? That was our last guest? Yeah. Yeah, Jay Nagel, great My teammate guy. of Tommy Ball here, our very own. I want your best John Nagel story. <laughs> oh, my God. Best John Nagel story? Um, dude, he was so – Nagel was my he was my high school varsity coach my junior year. I hurt, I hurt my <laughs> I hurt my ankle my junior year of high school and you guys know junior year is kind of like a big year for recruiting and trying to just see you know hey am I going to be like a uh, am I going to be able to play in college am I going to be more like a junior college player am I going to be more of like a D3 D2 D1 like your junior year is a big year um, for recruiting and you know, trying to find out where you're going to be at in college if you're fortunate enough to play. Um, but I remember I hurt my ankle pretty bad playing soccer, um, fractured it, dislocated, and that's what got me into physical therapy. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to, like, go to school that semester because the ankle was so bad and the recovery and all that stuff. Um, so my, my uh, homeschool teacher was Coach John Nagel. <laughs> and for those who haven't gone through that that situation before when you have a homeschool teacher in high school uh they teach you everything all right so you're getting your oh, lessons you're getting your physical education you're getting your math science uh english everything is through through one teacher and just you know happen to be the the varsity basketball coach um <laughs> So I remember one day, and, and Kevin Daniels gets into this story, Jared, who was our assistant. Yeah. He was our assistant coach. Awesome guy. Was in my wedding, everything. Like, he's he is awesome. Um, so they're both, like, my teachers, right? So I get all these packets, do them at home, turn them into them. They got to sign off for them. So one day I come in, and I can't remember what math. It was maybe algebra or geometry or whatever it is when you're a, a junior in high school. And they asked me, hey, how's how's it going, you know? And uh, I'm talking with them. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, everything's going good, but I'm having trouble with this one math equation or, you know, problem, whatever. So we're going through it, and I'm explaining it to Coach, Coach Nagel. Uh, he's like, oh, I don't know. Explaining it to, to Coach Daniels, oh, I don't know. Um, and 
So they're going through it and they're, they're trying to write down on a piece of paper, you know, making up different equations and stuff. And they, they both look at me and they go, honestly, honestly, P, I, we have no clue. I said, you know what? That's all right, coach. I got it. So then I just went home, did the equation, but um, coach was so, he was such a, a hard worker. He instilled so much in us. Um, I can't say enough about that guy, man. Him and Coach Daniels, they're a big part of my life. And the the way, the reason I am the way that I am right now is because of those guys. And uh, talk about grinders. Oh, my God. Those guys, like, instilled yeah. grindingness in us, right, Waters? I yeah. mean, it was – there was yeah, no complaining. Get out there. Do your job. Do it well. Work hard. And, uh, I mean, I, uh, I owe a lot to those guys for sure. Yeah. Same. Same. No, I think that's for everybody that's got the fortune, been fortunate to be coached by Coach Nagel. That's I think yeah. that's like cross the board, man. Cross the board. He's a different type of guy. A, a, yeah. a coach that uh, never really asked you to work hard. You just did it because of the guy he was, who he was, and how he. Yeah, coached the, ener- the energy he had. Yeah. Man, it was yeah, yeah. unlike any other coach I've had. <clears throat> and you you played for him in junior college too, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So he switched. He was our head coach in junior college as well. Mm-hmm. So after my senior year, he got the job over at Solano, um, and I followed him over there, which was yeah. you know, probably the best what, decision I could could have made. Yeah. What was? I mean, you see a lot of athletes now, college athletes, even probably a fair amount of junior college athletes. Like, what was what what was it like playing junior college back then when there was? no post-grad there was no prep schools no one was holding any like there was no holdbacks like that stuff didn't exist at our time so it was like if you didn't play division one or if you didn't have good enough grades or if you got in trouble literally everybody went to juco's yeah and we had we had some kick a good amount of kickbacks too right like guys d2 trouble or whoever you got in trouble you didn't have (laughs) grades whatever you kind of got dumped into the junior college system and it was pretty, it was pretty competitive. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone asked because I played high school, junior college and division two, like what's the difference between each level. And honestly, I think the skill levels are the same, but guys are bigger, stronger, faster at each level. And I can imagine that's how it is in a lot of different sports. But back then, man, uh, I'll tell you guys, like with AAU and travel ball and all this stuff right now, there is like, None of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think only one of my one of my guys that I played high school with and even college with even played AAU. And that was that was Dominique. Like he was yeah. the only kid who played. And that was like later on in life too. That wasn't uh, early, like when you're in middle school and even freshman, sophomore year. That was a little bit later. So there was none of this other stuff. I mean, we just went to the park and we played. It was it's kind of crazy and I remember a big jump that people saw that I made between my is either my freshman and sophomore or sophomore and junior year. And they're like, damn, man, like what you got like a lot better. And then even a lot of my peers like man, you got a lot better. I said, well, shit, like I grabbed the ball and went with with Chuck and we went down to the we went down yeah. to Bullard and we hooped every single day after after school, like every single day. And yeah. we didn't play with our peers. We played with guys that were a lot older than us and guys who yeah. were like college or even older and i think as a young basketball player you play with people who are older you just get different different skills you learn to use your body because they're going to body you so 
you learn body control and how to use your body a lot better. Um, but yeah, I mean, junior college, it was, it was pretty competitive. And I think there was a lot of, a lot of talented guys in those yeah. ranks not to say that there's not right now, but. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I mean, I obviously I'm in, I'm in it now, but like, I mean, I try to tell like people when I played and I know when you played, like your team was so good, like so cold. And like, obviously I looked up to you guys, but like when I, even my team, we didn't win a ton of games, but like four guys went D1 and then team went D to SF State and we had another two guys go D2. So you had seven D1, D2 players on a junior college team that Which won maybe like 17 games. <laughs> like, Which is nuts, right? Yeah. And our team, our team was good, but we weren't even like a top team in the, in the, in our conference. You know what yeah. I mean? It, we were really good. I think. You know, looking at that picture I was showing you guys earlier, I think there was maybe two guys that didn't go. I'm looking at it right now. Actually, I think there was just one guy that didn't go play at another level beyond junior. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's – I think it's just a lot different in the culture, like you said, and just dudes not going out and playing. like – I mean, I can – one of the first stories I have, I have to tell it since you're here, like – I remember like going to Millennium Sports Club and like trying to get on the court and literally all these adults because it was like one of those things where like it was a list and there was a list on the wall and you put your name on the list. And so when I was like 12 years old, I started going in there and working out and trying to play. I always put my name on lists and the adults, like the real adults, like dudes that are like 30, 40 with like regular jobs, they'd always cross my name off and cut <laughs> and like kick me off. They like Cause I was tiny and like I was a little kid and I was just like, so I would just wait, wait, wait. And then it was, if it wasn't for Dan and Reg and Neek and KD, like you guys were the ones that like, you'd be like, nah, F that, like his name's on the list. Like he's going to play with us. And then we would just like run the court. And that's like when Cal Calvin still played. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just remember those days. It was like, like you said, like just being able to learn from older guys and have older guys that, that um that really cared about me getting better and pushing me is like I feel like that's what made me good at what I do now. It's like I feel like I got to do the same thing for Luke and Tommy that you guys did for me. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And like I said, playing with people who are older, you just get you're not going to be the top guy, right? And if so, I think a lot of the times people who go on and play in college, most likely in their high school, they're like way better than everybody else right like it's it's noticeable like if you're not the best person in your like conference you're probably the best person on your team and it's not even close so going and playing with people who are older um and have different skill sets i mean it kind of i don't want to say it humbles you but you just have to you have to do different things you can't just coast right because <laughs> people, and people try to get in your head like especially being a kid and i remember being a freshman uh, between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, um, going and playing open runs at Solano. And there was, you know, there was guys at, on Solano's team who, and I was a short, like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, white kid coming in there trying to trying to play with them. And um, they would try to get physical and try to get in your head and, and throw you off your game, you know. So you got to think about different things like that. And you learn to work through different things like that when you play with people who are older, more experienced than you. Yeah. Oh, see, the only way I got any better at basketball when I before I started working out with Jared was just playing with older people. Yeah. 
And when those it doesn't matter. Like they can be a like a rec, a rec league or something. But yeah, with people yeah. who are in their mid twenties to like thirties, and it's it's a different game than playing against your peers when you're in high school. One hundred percent. Yeah, Tom Eldorado Hill Sports Club or what? That the parks. A lot, uh, of bullies, a lot of bullies over there, man. Yeah, I think we got a couple <laughs> championships. I think we got a couple championships in the Eldorado. Hills League, right, Waters? Oh, God, that league was – yeah, that league was <laughs> – CDC, Tom, we used to play the CDC, and there was one game where I think Reg had to bail late. I don't know. We had four guys. We won with four guys. It was pretty bad. Uh, we I played like we a, we, w, though. Huh? I think we still got the W. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We won with four. We played a 2-2 zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I think in the playoffs too. I think in the playoffs, like someone fouled out, and we played like the last thirteen minutes with four guys. Yeah, I know. Well, because we always rolled in with five guys. Like we were just it was a struggle to get five. Yeah. Right. Wait, um, was it was it Jared who fouled out or uh, no? Oh, okay, my fault. <laughs> uh, you're stirring, see, stirring the pot. No, oh, I was just wondering. I just, I was just. Those are the to, questions like, that the people want to know. So yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Transitioning. Out of this, so Dan, you played junior college at Solano for two years. Then you played at SF State uh, for another really good coach and, and a successful two years there. Was a great player. I wanted to kind of you to speak on because you've been so successful once you got done playing, but not necessarily like you're still in the basketball or the sports realm, but you're not playing anymore. Like, how was that transition from being like a college athlete to being uh, having a career in physical therapy and all that? I think um, I think it was hard. <laughs> um, I know you two guys are still playing, Luke and Tommy and, and Jared. You probably can speak to this too. But um, growing up playing sports since I was like four years old, you know, whether it be soccer or basketball, and you know, basketball later on high school and college. But um, I found myself when I was done playing, all of a sudden, man, I have all this time. Like all of a sudden, like five five, six hours out of the day just kind of opened up uh, out of nowhere, whether, you know, you're traveling, you're lifting, you're practicing, you're recovering, you're doing something for that sport, right? Um, scouting, whatever it is. So it was, it was kind of strange when I was done and I knew I was done because I had this other goal of, you know, going to grad school, become a physical therapist based off my history. And when I was injured in high school, that's, you know, it kind of like made my mind up at that point, but um yeah it was strange so I found myself going to the gym still for like three four hours which was stupid I was just kind of wasting time but um it was it was a tough tough transition in that I was trying to fill some time and I was still trying to be super active and fit and all that stuff um I did have the opportunity to channel a lot of that into my my school and education so uh and you guys know especially you two who are playing right now it's hard man it's hard to travel and um you know, keep all your, all your units going and, and do well in school when you're traveling as much as you are, um, you know, for those student athletes who have like a 3.0, 3.5, like that's, that's super tough. And I knew getting into grad school was very competitive. Um, I think at the time I went to Sacramento state for grad for PT school, but at that time, I think the average GPA that they were allowing into the PT program was a, a three point five or a three point six, and that was the average. Um, I came out with a three point four, and I was kind of nervous about that. But that last, I had about a semester between when I graduated and when I was applying for schools, 
so I was able to get my grades up even even higher to the 3.4 uh, region, which I think really helped. But I think just channeling your your energy um, was a challenge for me, and I chose to to go the education route. Which, uh, looking back at it, I you know that was the right thing to do. I wanted to stay in sports somehow, you know, just being an athlete my whole life. And um, again, with my injury history and the hope that my physical therapist gave to me, I wanted to give that hope to other people, right? Because when you're injured and you've been an athlete and all you do is train and play, 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 and all of a sudden that stops, that's pretty, uh, honestly, it's pretty depressing. You know, you kind of question your identity and question what you're going to do next when that's all you've known, that's all you've ever done. So that hope that I got when I was hurt with my PT, that's the hope that I I wanted to provide to other people. And hopefully I've, I've done that over the last like 10, 11 years and hopefully the next 20 plus, you know. Um, so again, just challenging energy, energy, getting into grad school, trying to knock that out of the park, taking the, the board exams. I did a long-term internship at a place called Athletes Performance, which is now called Exos which really opened my eyes to like professional sports, NFL, NBA, all those guys, MLB players, um, the medical system for them. I moved back to Sacramento, tried to emulate the same thing with results and still trying to do that now with my new company, Mac Performance. So nice. Yeah. Luke, Luke's in grad school right now. Tough. Yep. It's Tough, different. Baby. It's different. Yeah. It's different for sure. But, uh, what I'm program like, are you? I'm studying communications. Um, mm-hmm. It it made the most sense trying to balance that in, in hoop still. Um, yeah. But the thing, and I think you kind of talked about it really well, is like once I got to the grad school portion, it's it's no longer like instructor driven. It's like, here's your syllabus. These are the things that need to be done at this point. Like it's on you now. So like if you don't have those skills that you're talking about, like being able to keep yourself disciplined, get stuff done on time, be prepared in the right areas, then like you're going to get lost. And then if you're lost in school, you don't get to get on the court. You don't get to practice like all the you get caught up. So like like you said, like you got to learn how to be able to focus your energy on on what's important and it's going to carry over. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's the same thing, right? Whether an injury stops you from playing or your grades stop you from playing. You know, if your ultimate goal is playing, you have to do everything that you need to do in order to play, right? So, you know, some guys don't don't look at it like that, but if you don't have grades, you don't play, then what are you doing? You know, what's what's really important to you at that time? uh, Yeah, totally. No, I agree with that. And that's, I think that's the other thing too is like, College bas like college basketball, especially because the season's so long, is like whether you're playing at the beginning of the year or not playing at the beginning of the year, or whether you're playing at the end or whatever it is, like the the war of attrition in college basketball is like unmatched. Yeah. And that's what I tell like everybody. I told Tommy, I told Luke, every kid I know that goes to college, like that first semester, you're kind of like just getting your feet wet, getting used to college, like dang, I don't have to be in the classroom for seven hours. This isn't that bad. But then it's like you finish your first finals of first semester, then you have like four weeks, five weeks where you're literally just going to practice and you have the rest of the day to do nothing. And then second semester hits and then now you're really in the conference traveling where you're playing two to three games a week and like you're missing classes and like then that shit catches up to you. And it's like it's tough, man. That second semester is hard. And the dudes that can long season. Yeah. The dudes that can lock in and and really take care of all that stuff that Dan's talking about. Like those are the dudes that really excel when like the end of the season happens. 
but I think it like it's such a a routine thing that has to start like way earlier. Like, like, and I can tell you, like, and I've talked about it a bunch. Like, like Luke and Tommy, it was like it was never working out was never a negotiable thing because they took care of everything else. It was never, I never once had Tommy or Luke be like, ah, I can't make it to the workout because I got to study for this or I have to do this. Like they allotted their time for that, knowing how to balance. And I know like you did the same thing, Dan, that's why you were successful. And I felt like I did a pretty good job of the same thing. Yeah. It's just, you got to prioritize stuff, man. There's only 24 hours in a day, even though I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the vote for 26 hours. It's not really happening, but uh, you have a goal. You prioritize everything that needs to be done to reach that goal. Sometimes like going out and all that stuff has to slide to the side for that night or whatever, because you got a big test or you got a big game or, Hey, you got to go travel the next morning. I mean, there's, you just really got to prioritize and know what you want and what it takes to get there. I think a lot of people know what they want but a lot of people don't know what it takes to get there. And if they do, or if they did, they probably, you know, they probably wouldn't want that thing as much as they, they want it right now. So. Yeah, totally. No, it's, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's a, cause I, I always say it's a passion thing, especially with like the second half of the season, what we talk about. Cause like those of us that like truly love what we're doing and like want to be really great at it, that stuff's going to be easy. Like, cause if I don't get that stuff done, then I can't do what I love. So like, if you really do love it, you really do have a passion. Like that's, it's going to be second nature. It's going to be an easy process. That's how I look at it. I was just going to say, it's funny to me that Jay brings that up. Cause like in high school, like I just thought that's how it was like, that's just like how I operated. And then like, I'm like hearing like, not to like, I'm not going to name names or anything or like anything like that. Like hearing, hearing, (laughs) hearing these, hearing these things that Jared tells me about some of his clients that can't come to workouts. I'm like, what? Like that doesn't even make any sense to me. Like if you care about this, like that's like, that's not even a thought. Like, I took care of everything so I could go work out, but, it, but it, that wasn't even my mindset. You know, I didn't even think about like, Oh, I have to do this so I can work out. Like I just got it done. Right. Have you guys, you guys read uh, the, the book, the talent code or heard of the talent code? Mm, I've heard that. I haven't. It's, it's a good, I'll be honest. I didn't read it. I listened to it on audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. That counts in my book. Yeah. All, all that matters is retain, you're, retain, you're retaining the information. That's all. Yeah, that. There you go. I don't think, the last time I read a book was like in grad school and then <laughs> I probably won't be able to read a book for like another 10 years until my kids are like old enough to where they don't want to hang out with me and go off with their friends and stuff. But uh, anyway, getting back to the talent code, uh, the talent code, it's a it, whole bunch of stuff in there. But one of the biggest takeaways was uh, people always think that, hey, this person is talented or, hey, this person has they have, you know, uh, they're really skilled or whatever. But uh, when you look at the people who have talent, and I think Peyton Manning was like one of the people who they, they, uh, you know, used to talk about this is talent can only take you so far, but that drive and that passion to continue to practice repetition after repetition, after repetition, after repetition, and not get bored with it and love it. And, you know, want to continue to drive and do that thing. um, You know, that practice component, whether it's, damn, my cross, my 
in and out to cross move is like really slow and I can't really get by anybody or man, my corner three, I'm like 8% from the corner, but I'm, you know, 35 from the, the side or whatever that, that drive and that passion to continue to work on that. Just shoot, just shoot, just shoot, just shoot, just work on that, that crossover, work on that crossover <laughs> times, thousands of times. That's talent. Like that, that's what they talk about is talent and people who have talent have that. They have that drive and that passion to continue to do the same thing over and over and over again and not get bored with it and want to just perfect it, perfect it, perfect it. And uh, um, I think that's what we're all, we're all talking about too. Uh, that drive and that passion to wake up at four in the morning, to wake up at five in the morning, go work out before, before school starts in high school or go get that extra workout while you're in college, you know, go work with a skills coach. I mean, I think that's what we're talking about. And those are the people who are successful, not only in hoop, but even after hoop. Yeah. I think that's that Zach, that's that was like the big bringing it back to circle, I think was the last thing you said. Like that doesn't change even though the ball stops bouncing. Like I know for me and I know for you, I mean I've owned my own business for eight years now. It's like like that I took everything I learned from being good at basketball and put it into a business. And that yeah. was it. Yep. Alan, over, over, over again. Keep doing it. So, Dan, we kind of been talking about, we just, you know, touched on, you know, you getting into your career after, you know, playing and what it takes to be successful in that. Um, what, what do you think? We're all athletes here. You work with tons of athletes. I think you have some really cool athletes uh, if you want to speak on. But what do you think is the most critical part of physical therapy? I know it's like such a big realm and we only have like a limited amount of time. But maybe if like just for a general or you can just speak on just for basketball players specifically, but we've had water polo players on here. We've had other athletes on here. So what do you think the most critical part of physical therapy is? I think we touched on it a little bit back with, with my story and kind of what we talked about it playing versus not playing. And when you're forced to have to step away from the game for a certain period of time, um, whether it's a physical thing or, uh, you know, you don't have the grades or whatever, but, when you, when a person is unable to do the thing that they love and do the thing that they kind of live for, that's, people can go in a dark place. <laughs> you know what I mean? A dark place can be, uh, you know, as, as small as feeling sad, or it could be like going down a deep, dark hole of not wanting to go hang out with their friends and uh, be social because they're not doing the thing that they, they love to do. Um, so I think, for physical therapy, the thing that doesn't get talked about enough is like the mental side of it and the mental side of injuries. You know what I mean? Cause there's all kinds of technology to help, you know, get your quad strengthened back after a knee surgery or this cool mobilization technique to open up your ankle so that your, you know, hip feels better when you squat or whatever. But when you, when you can really, lock in and communicate effectively to an athlete who's going through an injury and they can trust that you have their best interests at heart. I think everything goes a lot smoother uh, at that point. And, and being a physical therapist, you know, we educate people a lot of the time. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do is educate people on how to take care of their bodies or, you know, again, how to get their knee functioning correctly after a surgery. But if someone doesn't trust that you have their best interests at heart, it's going to be hard for them to do what you're trying to ask them to do. And then outcomes aren't as good because they're, you know, that person's not doing what you, 
know that is right for them to do. So the mental side of it is huge. And uh, we get a little bit of that in school. I don't think we get enough of that. Uh, and there's other people that help us out, like sports psychologists, for example. So um, I try to connect with every athlete that comes in the door and really try to dig into, you know, how how much do you love that sport? You know, what does that mean to you? And then try to help steer them in the right direction if their mental status isn't, you know, where we where we want it to be. And if I can't do that, then, I, you know, we can pass them off to these other healthcare professionals that can that can really address some of those issues that they may have too. So I think the mental side by far is something that um, is really huge in physical therapy that doesn't get talked about enough. And how big of a role does like the sports psychology play in that? Huge. Like it, it's, it's big and it's not every single person who goes through physical therapy needs a sports psychologist, but yeah. I think it's those people who have a very big passion, like we've been talking about. And that passion gets ripped from them, you know, unexpectedly. And now what do they do? Um, it's hard, you know, and, you, you know, you try to relate to people and you try to help them through that process. But again, if there's a professional who <laughs> that's their sole job, then we need to get them to to the right person so they can talk about those things and work through those things. And when that happens, when their mental status changes, their physical status dramatically improves as well. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. I, I asked that question just because I'm, I'm taking sports psychology class right now. So a lot of the things you just talked about is like things we've been going over this semester. And it's <laughs> it's honestly just really interesting to me. That whole aspect of sports is so like not talked about enough, I think. But it's so important. Yeah, I think we're starting to we're starting to chip away at it a little bit. And I think these professional teams are, you know, hiring mental health specialists and sports yeah. psychologists. Uh, so it's becoming, there's a little bit more of awareness, but everything kind of trickles down from the professional ranks. So now that it's finally getting the professional ranks over the last five years or so, hopefully it starts to trickle down into college, like the importance a little, little bit more, which I, I know it is now. And then down into high school and then hopefully into like junior high and elementary school and uh, just having another person to talk to, I think is important. Yeah. I think that's like the other thing I think to elaborate on what you said is like kids like you like kids that are like really young like let's say 10 12 like their mental status is already their brain is changing so much and there's so much like it's so fragile and so many kids they like tie their identity to the sport or whatever sport they choose and they have to specialize early now because their parents feel like that's the only way they can stay competitive and it's like then what i see and you and I have talked about this, Dan, like, like you have 11 year olds with soft tissue injuries <laughs> because they're playing a hundred games and they're not stretching and they're not letting their body rest and they're not cross training and playing other sports. And it's like, you know, I, I can't, I mean, I, I've probably had at least 10 kids that tore their ACL before they're 12 or before they're 13. And it's like, that never happened when, when we were kids because just like the mental pressure of over like overtraining or overusing or overplaying is like makes it to where now you have to see 11 year olds for like Achilles injuries and for like meniscus injuries. It's like, oh, your meniscus hasn't even grown yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like, that's where a lot of the injuries that we see with kids that young are more like growth plate and bone injuries because 
their bones aren't strong enough to take all that stress on them, you know, yeah. so they start getting some growth plate issues. And uh, yeah, we see that we see that, that quite a bit and you hit it like specialization and pressure from parents is typically the big thing. I mean, kids, what 10 year old wants to play, you know, baseball or basketball 12 months out of the year, every single weekend, play on multiple teams. They don't, yeah. you know, and they, there's pressure from the coaches on the parents and the parent. Oh, if my kid doesn't play all these games and they're not going to get to the best high school, they don't get the best mm -hmm. high school. They're not going to get to college. They went yeah. to college. And they're not going to be a pro athlete. But. And that pressure comes from the coaches. Cause like now you sports has been monetized and like yeah. the AU teams is like, it's about making money. It's not about like actually developing kids. Yeah. So it's so, tough, man. It's a tough, yeah. tough spot to be. Again, I think there's a, a little bit more awareness, but we need to get better for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, you kind of, <clears throat> kind of to build on that, back when I played or when you played, like I didn't, there was no rolling out, there was no cupping, there was no like cryo, there's none of that. Like the innovation and in technology has been super cool like as far as how to help your body recover. And like when we yeah. talk about, there's tons of articles about how LeBron spends $2 million a year on just purely recovery. And like, yeah. obviously I don't, nah, I can't do that. None of us can do that. Um, but like, what do you think like is the next like industry innovation that that's going to hit or going to sh shift kind of how things like how, when, you know, like cryo or you know some, what's the next like big innovative thing that's going to hit pt they're starting to do a lot of a lot more like monitoring um you know you see it with the whoop bands and mm. stuff so you get to see um kind of what your fatigue overall fatigue and stress level is and you relate your stress level or fatigue level to readiness so uh, like we talked about if you play let's say you play a tournament over the weekend you have like four or five games you're in the red, right? Your body's like, hey, we need to stop. We need to recover. <laughs> what would happen, right? You go go to school, you take a day off, maybe you go practice or go shoot around with your buddies and take another couple of days off, shoot around again. And so you get back into that green that now you're ready to stress your body again. So uh, I think with these, these readiness devices, um, it's going to open up a lot of eyes. And as long as we're using that information correctly and saying, Hey, well, maybe you shouldn't go and uh, train hard today. Maybe you shouldn't go lift weights after your tournament the day after, because your body is still recovering. And if you continuously beat your body down, fatigue goes up, injuries go up, proprioception is worse. There's swelling in your joints and uh, that makes your body respond a lot slower. And that's where these either small or big injuries start to happen. So, a lot of these readiness devices, I think, is going to be the biggest, the bigger thing that's going to be happening. You'll see everyone wearing them and, um, you know, just training smarter, I think, is going to be very important. Because like you said, there's, we got all this stuff. We got Normatex, we got, uh, you know, cryotherapy, you got massage guns, and it's in people's hands now. Like before you used to go to, you know, your physical therapist or your strength coach or your chiropractor and you can utilize these things. But now everyone has them in their room. So people are trying to recover. Uh, but just because you use that stuff doesn't mean you're ready to like go the next day. So we yeah. still got to get better at educating people that it's okay to rest. And if you rest, your body builds up and gets stronger versus continuously breaking it down. So 
the recovery stuff I think is gonna be big. I like oh. that. I like yeah, that. I was, on, I, I was on the Norma Tech today actually. So mm. on the on the private the tiger plane or what? Yeah, oh yeah, good <laughs> one, bro. Good one, bro. I think the only thing that we had uh when I was in college was a whirlpool. And that's the one yeah. thing that I used How's it? a bunch, the ice bath, whirlpool. I was gonna uh, say it was like double days, like you know, double days, and you do that for like your week or two, and your body's just shit. And that thing made me that made me feel the best. Yeah, and that's what the Normatex are for, right? They're trying to pump your legs out, pump out the the micro inflammation that happens with training hard, and get it back into your trunk. And when you sit in a freezing cold tub of water, that's the exact thing that happens too. Your body's trying to protect its heart and lungs and liver, everything that keeps you alive, and bring blood into your trunk. And then you get out and you get new blood down to your extremities. So um, I think that's a, the best thing that we had when I was in college. For sure. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an ice bath fan as well. I'm not, I'm not mad at that yeah. one. I'm so, a big um, ice yeah, no, uh, I, I did want to ask. Uh, this has been a theme for me with 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 all our guests that have known Jared for years. What is your best Jared story? Because I think our listeners are starting to get a feel for for the type of guy Jared is uh, through these stories, and I just like to build build the the book that we have going. So I gotta ask. Good book. You know, uh, I don't know if it's a funny story, but I think it speaks to to Jared's character. But uh, um, I think when first started like coaching Jared a little bit and, and working out with him and stuff. And, you know, like he was talking about, you put your name on the board, people cross it off. Jared was not always the best basketball player. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you guys seen Jared walk. He's got like some tight hips, a little sway side to side. <laughs> Everyone knows what I'm talking about with the, the Jared walk, right. Butts out a little bit, you know? Um, but one thing that Jared always did is he never gave up, never got down on himself, always tried again and again and again and again. Like one, you know, you do um, like one-on-one drills and we always at Solano, we always did like a, a wing coming out, catching and working on different moves. And uh, I remember specifically one time where on, if you're on defense, you don't get off. Until you get a stop, right? <laughs> I think Jared, like, in order to get a stop, he like trips, fell, grabbed the ball like dead after you know going like 10, 12 times. But yeah, a I hit lot the of guys, oh. a lot of guys, uh, they would like give up and you see it and they would take plays off, right? So, like, you would get beat three or four times and you're tired because you're on defense and it's going like this. And guys would purposefully let people go, take a couple plays off, and then get back to it. Jared would kill himself every single play until he made that stop. So um, I think it just speaks to his character. I think it speaks to to what he's done and what he continues to do. And uh, that that never giving up mentality is something that was baked into us since we were kids. And it's kind of cool to see him still have that to this day. So. Yeah, that was not that was not fair though. That was like the gauntlet. That was you, Neek, <laughs> Reg, Chad, KD, Joe J. I think we went through the rotation about three times. <laughs> they were probably loving it too. Right uh, back. Right back. <laughs> hey, 
There is no like no one's feeling bad for you on the on the hoop court. At least you know no, no, gym, not in those groups. It not was in those groups. giving it to you, which made you a better player. You know yeah. what I mean? It made you made you more resilient. But bro, uh, Chad used to beat me twenty one zero in twenty one on purpose <laughs> when I was like thirteen. Yeah. He was like he was the best player at, at one. Well, he was one of them. him and Reg were probably who you'd say the best players that year. They were really good. Yeah, and Chad was like six five with bounce, and he was just like. He wouldn't care. Like Strong. he would, yeah, would not let me score, and Super. just talk crazy to me the whole time. Yeah. I was like thirteen, dude. I was just like, but I just we kept playing with Delia. Those are those are some rough days. Calvin used to do the same thing. Calvin used to knock me on the ground all the time. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? You're gonna walk out of the gym? <laughs> right? You sit there and you take it and you you try to get that damn ball. I mean, that's what yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, those are crazy times. It's crazy time. Good times though. Never I didn't think about back. I didn't think about that question until you just asked that to me, Luke. So yeah, I was like right off the top of my brain though. Tell you that. No, that was good. That was good. I think that, that Luke tries to spring that on everybody. Yeah, no. I like well, because I think we've all have had some some great Jared experiences. Uh, you know. <laughs> I can I, I can I have to I'll go ahead, Luke. My fault. Well, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say I think I think you put it in a good light. Um in terms of yeah. Jared's like resiliency. Um, That's the first that was the first positive story of all the stories. Well, I was so gonna far. say, I was gonna say most of these stories lead to your stubbornness. And I think the resiliency and stubbornness have there's there's a parallel there a little bit. That was sword. Yeah, yeah so, parallel. Yeah. So stubbornness isn't a bad thing. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. You can talk to a man about that. She we can talk to Keith about that as well. <laughs> no, don't get Keith involved. I do have to I have to say something else about I have a funny story. Uh a couple of, like it's the same realm like dan is like the night like obviously we know each other for a long time when i was still playing and like working out and stuff i would like somehow get hurt or when my hips started getting really bad i would just like hit dan i'd be like, like bro like i can't i can't walk straight can can i just come into results for like five minutes like you just fix me <laughs> just tell me what to do that's happened like, a few times, bro. That's like, so actually, uh, Luke was there. So, Luke, Tommy, remember during COVID when we were playing at Marble, we were playing two v two. I actually remember you talking about you needing to go to your to your boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I messed up, remember when I sprained, like when I pulled my LCL. Yes, Damn. I remember it. Yeah, like that was during COVID. We I was playing two v two with Luke and Tommy and Will, who played at Sac State. And me and Tommy were getting killed, and uh, I was getting very frustrated. And then that's when yeah. I got hurt. And then I had that tingling feeling. I'm like, I was driving home. I couldn't feel my leg anymore. Then I couldn't walk. I was like, Oh, I gotta hit Dan. I hope they're open. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. they're they they're, what what did they call it then during COVID? It was like the critical businesses or the uh, the businesses that were whatever it was like critical. Yeah, so I was like, all right, Dan will be open. So I literally went to Dan the next day. I was like, bro, I can't walk. <laughs> like, what did I do? Yeah, that was that was a weird That's yeah. you don't see that injury a lot in basketball players. So yeah. I think it's that I think it's that little butt walk that you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's totally that's what it was. <laughs> I don't know. If you were in the gym that day, it was probably a mixture of a few things, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anger, frustration. <laughs> Little little Marble a, Valley gym probably threw the ball dis- the wrong disappointment. way. Disappointment. He went back to when Chad was just whooping him twenty-one to zero. That that was what it felt like. Out of him. That was what it felt like. 
luckily, luckily, Tom Tom was a good sport at that time. <laughs> Tom's always a good sport. No, I'm saying yeah. that like I was, you know, I was in the mode, and Tommy was like still staying positive. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Good. To, you see that, Tommy? Good teammate right there. Yeah. <laughs> but Jared won't admit it when he, when you and me are on the same team. But he'll only admit and it when you're when on you just, team. Right, we're not going to talk about that because you just crack, put cracks in the armor of the 2v2 the other day. No cracks. Uh, yeah. All right. Are we, Doesn't are ring we, a bell. Okay. <laughs> I got receipts is all I'm saying. Steph has 45 right now, and the Warriors are down 14. I just want to put that out there. Um, Dan, I can't remember. Dan, do you do you rock Warriors or do you rock Kings now? East Bay guy, man. I'm Warriors. Warriors, Raiders, A's. Yeah. East yeah, we're Bay. going through it. We're going through it right now, Dan. I know. It's rough. Yeah, that's nuts. You're like, there's not if the A's the A's are gonna leave, there's not gonna be another team in Oakland. It'll be done. Done for. No East Bay. No East Bay teams. Yeah. Go from done. three to none in, you know, short period of time. That's tough. Yeah, tough. Really tough. Mm-hmm. The Sacramento Kings bandwagon seems to be growing. So I mean God. I'm happy for this for the Kings bandwagon, man. It's uh, about like I said, we're thirteen games in. Talk to me in January. Hey man, <laughs> let us let us have our moment, please. I let am. that I be like Yeah, we're gonna have to cut that out. They hit one fifty three the other night? Yeah. Oh god, yeah, last night. On national TV. That was like that was literally the best thing that could have happened yeah, for them. That was insane. That was like the first national television Kings game in like two years. Yeah. Did you see that Charles said that they should give all the Lakers Bro, Charles was being disrespectful. They were talking about the beam, and Charles was like, "How long has Fox been on the team?" And uh, Ernie was like, "It's his sixth year." He was like, "That's the first time he's seen the beam." So okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Leave it up to Charles, man. He never disappoints. <laughs> Charles yeah, never disappoints. Uh, <laughs> hey, the, the, the Kings are kind of fun to watch right now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they scored 150. I mean, they played against the worst defensive team in the league, but, I mean, 150 is 150. They were making shots. I was yeah, giving you props. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, did you see how they twisted Katie's quote? <laughs> yes. <No>. Yeah. <laughs> did you see no. that, Dan? No. They literally, like, so they in the interview, Katie – and this big old long interview and had said all these really good things and things, positive things. And the only thing that they cut out of the quote was like, he named the starting five as like, what are we, are we actually supposed to win any games with this, with these people just cause I'm on the court, but he like named each dude that was starting. It just looked really bad. But like, if you read the whole interview, it's like, they just, yeah, like, we'll do that yeah. to you. Well, I watched the interview and I didn't even notice the quote until they put it out yeah, like they pulled it out yeah during the interview it didn't even stick out yeah media um, I guess you put a collection of characters together like they did a few years ago Ooh, we mm-hmm. what do you yes. think what do you think uh, bad um all right lose that time or you got something else i'm i'm good tom you good yeah um it's, tom's it's, in morning right now it's all right tom yeah, it's early in I've the season there. buddy I've been there before. I've been there before. I know how I'm, I'm straight. I just. You I see the it. glaring holes and you're worried that they're not going to get remedied. The roster's bad. That's why that's my concern. Who's bad? I'm talking about the Warriors. Oh. Yeah. They'll be all right. Yeah. yeah they just, the bench is so bad and they don't play defense. They'll be all right. Once they, once they hone in the rotation, they'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. I've been a fan for a long time. I just, I, I, uh, I get too invested. 
<laughs> That's it's, a a, town. it's a really bad thing I have. Yeah, I'm not mad. Tom, you're just young. You you haven't seen you just weren't around when they were winning. Like me and Dan were around when they were drafting Mike Dunleavy Jr. third. They were horrible. Like Donald yeah. Foyle got $65 million in like 2002. Well, my guys are getting old here. It's uh and it doesn't look good for yeah. you guys right now. So yeah, you might it was like you can get a lower bowl ticket for like 30 bucks. Yeah, I need that's that. how bad they were. Yeah, I don't think the Chase Center would be like that, but probably lower than that. Probably lower than 30. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it was not right. well. Nothing's crazier than the Kings giving away tickets when they were at oh. Arco. Five dollar <laughs> tickets to Arco Arena. That was insane. That time, that was a nuts time for the Kings basketball. It costs more to go to the Sacramento Zoo. It costs more $5. to get a hot dog at the game. Yeah, I was gonna say five dollar ticket, thirteen dollar beer. <laughs> Seriously, still got two bucks left after that twenty though. That's right. That's right. Be able to pay for parking. <laughs> I uh before we speaking of money, I found my old wallet today that had a hundred dollar bill in it. So like today's a good day. What Did you, Tom? Dang, yeah, they were giving out vax ball. cash last year. Like, like if you were vaccinated, they would give you a hundred dollar bill. And then I lost my wallet, and I thought it got stolen. So I and I had a hundred. Is that an Idaho thing? I don't feel like that happened in California. Never heard of yeah. that. It just must have been an Idaho State thing. Yeah, I don't think the public and funding in California would have been. I was so <laughs> sick. I was so sick that I lost that wallet. And I and my roommate found it today. And I was like, wow, today is a damn good, a day. good day. That's a <laughs> yeah. That's a college come up right there. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Slurpee's on you, bro. Yeah. I trust that putting stroke. All right. Uh, starting five here, fellas. See, look, another crack. There's another crack right there. Anyways. No, I'm crack. saying he's good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He Let's said, get into the said, starting five. I don't five. know if I trust no, 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 no. that. Stop stroke I didn't say that. Said. I said that. I said we trust the putting stroke, but it's okay. It's okay. It's Jared likes it. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, at the time that we're recording this, the last week's starting five has not been voted on yet, so we can't we can't go off of those results for the order. Um, but starting five this week because uh, when this gets put out. Thanksgiving will be in the the week following, so we're doing starting five Thanksgiving foods. Um, we said anything's in play, right? Yeah, just yep. make sure anything's everything's in play. in play. Um, Dan, we can we we've let the guests go first, uh, or at least had the choice to go first. So if you're ready to go, you can take the floor. Uh, if you want to yeah. see someone Dan's else go first, have to make Thanksgiving dinner this year. He's a he's a real family man. So hey, hey, Thanksgiving is the best holiday. I'm just gonna say that right now. Oh, so your list is going to be fire. The food is amazing. Mm -hmm. You get family. You can make a fire. What's better than in all of those? Food, fire, family. Football. The three at the football. Football. We got four. 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 Wow. We could probably find one more F, but I guess we should get to the the starting five. (laughs) Wait, how does this work? So do I go and then you guys go or what? Yeah, so if you if you want to give your uh if you want to give your 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 starting five point guard through center and then uh and then we'll each give our our five and then we'll circle back and do the walk on after that. All right, all right. This is hilarious. So I'm gonna go point guard. Yeah. And probably because you know this is probably my favorite pumpkin pie. Okay. Okay. You got to have a little spice to be a point guard. Right, you gotta have like a little, you know what I mean. I love it. I love it. I love it. He's, yeah, he's got it down. He's got it down. Right, right. Pumpkin spice, baby. All right. 
two guard, mac and cheese. Mm, good thing. Good thing. Mm. Okay. You got to be able to play both ways as a two guard. You can't just be all offense, all defense. You got to have a little mac, a little cheese, a little O, a little D, right? Small four. I like it. I like it. Mash potatoes. Mm. Great pig. Love it. Three guy is coming down a lane and mashing on you most of the time. Potatoes. He's prepared. You got to respect yeah, it. Is- respect <laughs> Power forward. This was, this one just came to me like right before this. But I feel like the game has changed a lot since, you know, the old NBA to the new NBA. But for some reason, a turkey just came came to me for some reason. Right. And I don't know. I think it's just the the – the frames of four mans now are a little bit, you know, longer, a little Big bit wingspan, like a little bit more wingy. You know what I mean? So Turkey just kind of made sense. And then the center stuffing. Doesn't Great get much one. better. Try to come down the lane. Your mashed potatoes tries to dunk and the center just stuffs you. So. That's what I got, man. That's my. That's my. I like that. Was a great five. That was a great. Oh, really was a great wow. Hey, he was ready with the energy yeah. from the start. Yeah, yeah. I like you, it. I you, like you, it. You, you, I don't know if you've listened to any of the pod, Dan, but the vibes, the energy you just put out. Yeah, that was. It was up there with Owen. It was up there with Owen. It was. That was high level. Yeah. Food, family, fire, football, and yeah. then the fifth one. <laughs> Chill. We're okay. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Oh, I can't get over that, bro. I can't get over that. That's too funny. All right. Uh, Luke, want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, I can go. I can go. I can go. All right. So, so Dan, uh, with my starting fives, I, I typically like to take the road less travel by a little bit. So, oh, here we, don't we, don't have any, we don't have any turkey in my five, and we don't have any pies in my five, just to put that out there. So, all right. I don't know. That all might right. lose votes. It's all right. But So, I have the point guard. This is someone who's who's – has the capability to be a star, but is simply out there making everyone else better. Give me the cranberry sauce at the point guard. No, I like that. I, I think like I think I think it's just someone that you put it on basically anything else that's on your plate. It's gonna elevate their game. That's so a major cranberry answer. sauce. Yeah, great, great, great pick. Yeah, yeah. At the two, uh, yeah, Dan yeah. took it. I got uh, I got the mac and cheese at the two. I think this is my showstopper. Uh, those those of you who know me know that mac and cheese is my favorite food. Uh, he's probably a shooter. So we got mac and cheese at the two. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like, see the percentages on that. One and the same. One and the same. You might have cheese. Tony Allen mac and cheese. We don't know. No, but think about it. You put the little breadcrumbs on top, boom, put it in the oven. He's heating up. All right. That's the mac and cheese. At the three. So so I took a different approach with, with this player. Um, I feel like this is a glue guy. This is a guy that you can trust on both ends of the floor. Uh, he's going to be a captain. He might not score the most, but he's always going to be ready to defend their best player. Uh, just a glue guy. Keeps everyone together. I got the stuffing. I got the stuffing. Um, yes. I, I, I think, I think he's a good three, man. Um, at the four, uh, I like what you said. You know, the, the way the NBA is changing, um, a lot of offenses are being ran through their four man now. So I want my four man to be a facilitator as well, like my point guard. Give me the gravy at the four. I think it's another guy that, you know, is going to make the people around him better. Uh Again, you two foods it. on his plate and just douses it with all the, the, the all sauces. I think, awesome. I think, but think about the gravy. Like, think about the two man games you're creating. You got, you got gravy and mashed potatoes. Mm. You got gravy and turkey. You know what I'm saying? A lot of two man games. I hate a lot of gravy, mismatches. So that's why I'm saying that. 
anyways, so <laughs> at the center, I think this is someone, uh, this is a big body center, um, can put you to sleep. You know, you, you eat too much of this, it's over with. Um, give me the sweet potatoes. And and then I have a specific, in, in a casserole form, put the marshmallows on top, toast it up there, boom, the sweet potato casserole. Yeah, it's over with. That's a, that's a nice. paint protector. That's nice. That's nice. I like it. Yeah. Tom, you want me to go or are you going to go? Um, I don't I care. Can, all right. I can roll. I can roll. <clears throat> At the point guard, I need someone real steady, real solid, very John Stockton S. Okay. Give me the Hawaiian rolls. <laughs> that's a great picture. Oh, that's a great okay. Now, I have shooting guard and small forward, but these are really like I'm going to treat them like my wings. You know, my Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, one guy on one side, one guy on the other side, just constantly just bombarding you with points, rebounds, blocks, guarding everywhere. At the shooting guard, give me mashed potatoes. Get the small forward, very specific here because I, I add a little flavor to my food. Honey baked turkey. Okay, so specific turkey. Honey big turkey. Honey big turkey. Honey big turkey. Way to be detail oriented. Yeah, you know, well, because they're big, it's honey baked ham, but nobody realizes that they have honey baked turkey there. And I'm the only Jared person does. I know that. Yeah, I think I'm the only person that actually eats it. I don't think okay. anybody else will buys it. See, in that whole see what the voters think about that one this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> another Jared favorite. Um, shout out, mother in law Michelle, and the Italian family life. We got. Cheese ravioli casserole is a Thanksgiving staple. Oh. It doesn't it touch like many pick. Yeah, it doesn't touch many tables <laughs> in around the world, but you know, you're gonna need that Robert Ori shot once in a while. <laughs> we'll just we'll just call the ravioli Robert Ori. That's crazy. That seems like that seems like a personal jab as well. I mean, power forward. I mean, multiple championships. Right, the cheese ravioli is always a champion in my house. That's all I'm saying. Right. At the center position, again, he's going to clog that paint. Give me stuffing. Well said. I like it. I like it. Um, Some great picks all the way around, man. Just good stuff. Um, You know, my point guard, as Luke said, he's the showstopper. I mean – He's got he's got to be the best the best food for Thanksgiving. Mac and cheese is my one. Just just a stud. What we need at that position. At the two guard, I went with a I went with a real two way player here. He's gonna sit down and guard, and he's also gonna light you up on offense. And that's the twice baked potato. Wow. I mean, it's literally it's literally in the name. Twice baked. <laughs> twice baked. He's giving it to you on offense and defense. Twice. He does not mess. Love that, Tom. <laughs> At the three, similar to Jared somewhat, but not quite. I've got honey glazed ham at the three. Mm-hmm. Special player. Good pick. Good pick. Special player. Absolute special player. He's simply going to get us 30 points a game. And at the four, I mean, this is my glue guy. This is this is someone that every team needs. And and maybe maybe some people won't agree with this take, but give me cornbread. The four. Wow, nice. God, bro. I'm really yeah. cornbread at the four. Cornbread's a good. And then at the five, I mean, it's the classic pick. How can you not go stuffing at the five? I mean, you're literally yeah. not getting done down there. Stuffing is in the name. That's in the name. I'll go ahead and turn it around with my walk on. I've got, I've got a, 
last uh, last uh, week's picks, I was personally attacked by saying that Toblerone was not a Stacy and and I's thing. I can guarantee you that this comes from Stacy Stacy Ball soda cracker pie is my walk on pick. Don't know Don't if you guys know what that is. Say it soda. again. Soda cracker pie. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Good yeah, for you, Tom. Good for you. Yeah. Laffy Taffy Tommy, good job. No, no, no don't listen to <laughs> Laffy Taffy's are not a good candy. <laughs> oh my god. All right. I'll do go backwards. Walk on pick again. This is close to the heart. Um I don't we talked about I don't like pie, so it was always a struggle at Thanksgiving because everybody else wanted to eat pie. My grandma used to make homemade marble cake, and it is the best dessert that I've ever tasted, and I will never taste a better dessert. Sad thing is, she never wrote the recipe down. No one knows how to make the recipe anymore, and she's not with us anymore, so it died, um, and yeah. I'll never have it ever again. The wow. memory lives on, though. Memory, memory lives, on. lives on. Marble cake. Just kiss. Grandma Shirley. <laughs> right here. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my walk on pick was taken already. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make it audible. It was Hawaiian rolls. Jared, great pick. Um, yeah. What's that board got up there, Luke? It, it was Hawaiian rolls. But you know, no, I'm, I said what I'm you got improviser. up there. Now. I know you mean like Lamar Jackson in the pocket improviser. Um, throwing interceptions. This this is this is something this is something that you know it's different renditions at different tables. But I'm going with the green beans. I think this is something that's slept on. I'm a big greens fan. I think the green beans yeah. are, is a staple. That's not what I have Thanksgiving dinner for. It's it's on my plate every year. Vitamin A, I'm I can eat that on Friday. All right, so I'm I'm going with <laughs> something that uh, is a little sleeper. I think it's in the dessert family. Uh, at least in our house, it only comes out one time a year, and everyone kind of looks like, oh, is it is it really going to be good? Like, what is it? You take a bite, you fall in love with it all over again. Pecan pie. Mm. Solid. Mm. Solid, solid, solid. Great pick. Great pick. Love great pick. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff all around. <clears throat> um, Dan, uh, if you weren't sure what we were talking about earlier with the 2v2, uh, there's a bet going on or a huge 2v2 golf scramble. Luke and Tommy versus me and Keese. Um, they're struggling right now with their team chemistry. We're not and me and Keese are on the way up. It's a false narrative. But Dan, if if you ever do want to get out there with Reg or anybody else on the golf course, and if you really want to just see your game go to new level, fifty chips a night, man, it'll get you right. Especially after that pecan pie, just get out there, work on that tempo. Yeah, Jerry's been in sport court though in that back room, so I know what he's been doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sim back there. I haven't seen it yet, but it is back there. Good hours. Good hours. Yeah. But before we send you off, Dan, I need to clarify that there is no chemistry issues between me and Luke. We are rock solid. Jared's trying to create this false narrative and he tries anyways he tries to say that Luke makes these comments and, and so what? I don't care if Luke makes any type of comment. I know I know what we have going. Yeah. yeah. You are terrible and Luke is gonna carry. Anyways, We're gonna win. Dan anyways, and we Dan, and we are gonna win. We are Dan, gonna win. Dan is there anything you want to add or tell us about uh, Mac performance uh, before we get out of here? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, the, the overall goal is to continue to give that hope 
right? I talked about it with my story and the hope that I was given when I was a, a struggling athlete with an injury. I think we're really just trying to give that similar hope to athletes who uh, have the unfortunate circumstance of becoming injured and having to rehab back to that prior level or even better than they were before. So um, that's really like our, our goal and our mission. Um, again, like you guys said, we're in Folsom, California. So we're on the outskirts of Sacramento. Have plans to expand a little bit, but uh, for right now, that's our home and that's what we what we want to do and what we want to offer. So if anyone needs to get in touch with us, uh, website is pretty simple, www.macperformancept.com. So that's macperformancept.com. And we have the same handle for our IG account as well. So it's just macperformancept. Um, so keep in touch and uh, see what's new and the latest with us, with those two, uh, two contact points. Beautiful. Appreciate it, man. We really appreciate your time and we yeah, love man. you and, uh, and we know you'll do great things. Thank you so much for coming on here and learning. We're learning a lot about you and about Jared and <clears throat> another episode in the books. Appreciate everybody who listens in. Thank you guys so, so much for the support. And these are your favorite walk-ons and we're walking out.